Today, today we're looking at 1 John chapter 3, and I've entitled my sermon, Start Acting Like a Child. Okay, let's read 1 John chapter 3. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we, we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who practices sin also practices law lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices Practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous, but the one who practices sin is of the devil, and for the devil has for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin, because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who practices righteousness is not, anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. For this is a message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother, and for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from out of death into life because we love the brethren, and he who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. How many of you have seen the Maury Povich show? Anybody? Anybody? It seems like half the episodes deal with some dude... And some woman with a baby. And the woman says, he's the father. And the dude says, no, I'm, I'm not the father. So what does Mari do? He gives a DNA test. And he says something like this. The DNA tests are in. In the case of six-year-old Jimmy John, Billy Bob, you are not the father. Right? Every episode. And then what does Billy Bob do? He runs as far away from Daisy May as possible. <laughs> I don't know what you think about your parents or your family. Maybe they're not great, 
Or maybe, maybe you're just tolerating them because, you know, they're your family. Or maybe, maybe you have a great father. Or maybe he wasn't there. Or maybe he was there, but he, he really wasn't. Every father, every parent has their flaws. They're going to fail once in a while. But what gets me super excited about God, the Father, the maker of everything we see, the one who said, let there be light, and pop, there was light, or light, let, the, let, the, let the land end here and the sea end here, the maker of everything, God, the Father, wants to call us his children. And he does that because he loves us. I love this metaphor. Most of us haven't been children in a really long time. But, <laughs> but John says that we're to be called children of God. He doesn't say people of God. He doesn't say men or women of God. He says children. It's got me thinking why. Why did Jesus and John and some of the other authors of the Bible use that phrase, children of God? And I'm sure there's more reasons, but I came up with, I came up with three. First, children are fully dependent on their parents. Two, children look and often act like their parents. And number three, children love and are loved by their parents. Number one, children are fully dependent on their parents. I want you to think about a newborn baby, right? They can't do anything by themselves. They really can't. They have to be fed, they have to be bathed, they have to be changed, they have to be taught new things. They are fully dependent on their parents to learn how to become a fully functioning human being. And as a child is fully dependent on their parents, as children of God, we need to be living in full dependence of the Heavenly Father, fully and willingly relying upon the Lord in glad submission. And this prompts God to transform us into his likeness. Listen to what Christ says in Matthew 18 when someone asks him, who then is the greatest kingdom, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called, and Jesus called a child to himself and set the child before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. How are we doing on this? Are we fully dependent on God? Now, listen, I'm not saying that every decision has to be run through God's eyes. So should I go with the chicken or the fish, the blue drapes or the red drapes? Should I play the violin or the cello? Actually, you know what? Always, always play the cello. <laughs> no, but, but how we live 
how we raise our children, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the words we choose. You need to rely on God's guidance for these things. You know what? If I were left to my own devices and did not rely on God for guidance, I can tell you I would not be up here speaking to you today. I would be far from him for not, for not the grace of, of God. Just as children are relying on their parents, we should be relying on God the Father. Our passage today says we need to fix our hope on him. So first, children are fully dependent on their parents, so we should be fully dependent on God. Number two, children look and often act like their parents. Let's go back to thinking about a little baby. As they develop through the months, we begin to see how they look like their parents. I'm sure something, someone has said this about your kid. Wow, he really has his father's nose. Or he looks just like his mother did at that age. There's a picture of my grandfather that I have on my desk, and it looks exactly like you can tell we're from the same family. Anyway. But don't we do the same? We also begin to act like our parents sometimes. The other day I said something, and it was exactly like, like I was acting like my father, like, wow, the words of my father just came out of my mouth, right? We do it. There's a whole set of commercials from Progressive Insurance about people becoming like <laughs> their parents, right? day I was discussing about cling wrap and why this cling wrap was the better cling wrap than this cling wrap over here. And I was like, what did I become that person who has a favorite cling wrap? Anyway. I digress. Anyway, your children, they look like you, right? Sometimes, for good or for bad, they sometimes behave like you too. Right? We should look and behave like Jesus and like God the Father. The apple shouldn't fall far from the tree. People should know we are followers of Christ because of our righteousness. Listen again to what our passage says. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness the one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He meaning God and the Son. The one who practices sin is of the devil. The devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appears for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. So as children of God, we need to stop sinning. If you're a follower of Christ, your sins, past, present, future, have, begin, have been forgiven. But that doesn't give us a license to continue to sin just because we know our sins have been forgiven. 
We all make mistakes. We all don't act like we should at times, but we shouldn't beat ourselves up over that. Rather, we need to just, we need to not just ask for forgiveness, but also do this thing called repentance. What that means is like, if we're walking this way, and we're not doing what God's asking us to do, hey, wait a minute, I shouldn't be acting like that. I'm gonna walk, start walking this way towards God. That's what repentance means. So asking for forgiveness is not just, that's just not enough. The Bible always says, forgive and then repent. Start acting righteousness. And our passage says we need to stop practicing sin and start practicing righteousness. We are made righteous through Christ, but it doesn't end there. We are called to practice righteous living. Christ said in his Sermon on the Mount that we are to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness shouldn't be our, it should be rather our sustenance. It should be our fuel for life. We need to do righteousness. We need to start walking like Christ did. It's not enough that we come to church every Sunday or listen to K-Love or Air One or Word FM. It's not enough that we know all the words to all the worship songs or create the or quote the Bible ad nauseum. It's, that's not enough. Listen to what our passage says. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brethren. But whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in needs and closes his heart against him, the brother, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with merely word or tongue, but in deed and in truth. Like a verse from last week's 1 John 2 Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. Lastly, children love and are loved by their parents. Let's revisit a few verses in our passage. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. For this is a message which you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need, closes his heart against him, has the love of God in him. Little little children, let's not love with word or tongue, but in deed and truth. This is a commandment that we, this is his commandment, that we believe in him, the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. I, I, hope, I hope you hear and begin to believe these words. You are loved by God. You are loved by God. John said in his gospel that God so loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God, God loves you, and he, he's created you, not, and, and that's not it. He hasn't just created you, right? And that's, that's all, that's, that's, that's as far as his responsibility goes. A lot of people can get behind an intelligent design of the universe. A lot of people believe that there was some outside force that created all that has been created, 
But a lot of people just stop right there and be like, God, he just created things and just let things go by their own. Not our God. Our God actually wants you to be his child. He wants you to be a part of his family. He sent his one and only son to destroy death on the cross to make that happen. To make that happen. So I don't know... I don't know where you stand with this whole God and Jesus thing right now. Maybe you're saying to yourself that, you know what, I don't, I don't, feel, I don't feel, feel very loved. You know what, I'm not loved. Maybe, maybe you're saying to yourself that you're beyond hope or, or that no one will love you because of that fill-in-the-blank thing you did like seven years ago and you still haven't forgiven yourself for it. I'm here today to tell you that you're loved by God. Not only that, he wants to call you his child. I'm going to repeat myself. He loves you so much that he sent his son to earth to live a perfect life and to lay down his life for us on the cross. And just like the father was waiting for the prodigal son to come home, God is waiting for you to come home to a place where you're loved. God is not some absentee father. He sent his son to lay down his life for you. He wants to call you his child. How does that happen? It's simple. You need to say something like this, God, I don't have it all together. Never have. I never will. Forgive me of all that I've done wrong. Thank you for sending your son to live a perfect life and to die on the cross for all that I've done wrong. And I believe that he died a death that I should have died and you raised him to life so that we can spend eternity with you. God, I want to be your child I want to be part of your family today. But you see, it doesn't end there. You can pray that prayer, and, but it doesn't end there. Here's a message that we have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Why? Because Christ, he laid down his life for us. And we need to lay down our lives for others. We need to not just say that we love people. We need to, to prove it. It's not enough to say or write you love time, uh, write someone. You have to prove it by your actions. Sometimes, sometimes you may need to lay your life aside, get off your butt, do something, do something for someone. I have a silly example here from the TV show Friends. Dr. Ross Keller paleontologist. He was going to be on his favorite TV channel, the Discovery Channel. But the love of his life, Rachel, got hurt when Ross's sister, Monica, ran into her while they were roller skating. 
Rachel didn't want to admit that she was hurt, but Ross said that she should go get herself checked out at the hospital. And you know what? Ross, he could have just walked away and gone to the museum and got interviewed by the Discovery Channel, but he didn't. He took Rachel to the hospital to get the care she needed, and at the end of the episode, Rachel found out that he could have been interviewed by the Discovery Channel, but he took her to the hospital instead, and she felt loved for a Ross because what? Ross laid his life aside and took Rachel to the hospital. And I know that's a little silly example, but I hope it, like, hits home. Because John, 1 John 3.16 Everyone memorizes John 3.16. I think we should memorize 1 John 3.16 as well. Because it says, we know love by this, that he, Christ, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for other people. Guess what? None of that is easy. It's not. I mean, have you seen people? People are selfish, and they're stupid, and they make poor decisions, and they're sinners, and they hate each other like Cain, and practice lawlessness, and they make me say things like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and they just, if you think, you know, they're hateful murderers from the devil, and you, if you think that's harsh, that's exactly what our passage says. People are the worst sometimes. They're like sheep without a shepherd. They're like little orphans that have been raised by wolves without, with, without any parents. But you know what? God, he has the adoption papers all written up. They just need to accept God as their father. It's crazy to, for me to think that, that this is how it would go down, that God would be like, you know who I'm going to have? I could see him talking to the Holy Spirit, and that's so I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have these flawed people. I'm going to have them tell people about me. That's a crazy idea for me, but that's, that's the way it is. Us, flawed people, fallen image bearers of Christ, People who make mistakes, who don't have it all together sometimes, we're the ones that need to go and tell people, guess what? You are loved by God. You matter to God. We need to tell people that they have a loving father who wants to adopt them into his family, that wants them to call them, wants them, that wants to call them his child. <laughs> See, our passage says today that part of being a child of God is loving people, not just by words, but in deed and truth. Are we telling people about the truth of Jesus? Are you being like Jesus? Can, can people read the Bible and look at you and say, you know, Betty Sue... She's definitely a child of God because she's acting like, just like the Bible says she should. Look how she loves people, and I mean everyone, even those that don't treat her so nice, even the people who are difficult to love. Her colleague needed a meal, so she cooked one. Her friend needed a shoulder to cry on, 
So she was that shoulder. Marsh Creek, be like Betty Sue. <laughs> Show Christ's love, not just by words, but by your deeds. I have this plaque here in the youth room. I actually got a thrift store. It says, love them anyway. Luke 23, 34. And I said to myself, God, I don't remember Luke, Luke saying love them anyway. So I, you know what I did? I looked up the verse. Here's what. This is a paraphrase of this of the verse, Luke 23, 24. Jesus on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. We're to love people like Christ loved them despite all the wrong that's done in this world. See, there's a world of people out there who don't know Jesus. But going around in life like, a sh- like sheep without a shepherd. Like a child without a loving father. So love people enough to tell them about Jesus. Lo- tell them that they are welcome in the family of God. Marsh Creek, start acting like a child of God this week. Be fully dependent on him and his word for guidance. Start acting and loving like the Father. Let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Start not Start not only loving God the Father, but loving like God the Father.